Hello, everybody, and welcome to podcast number 65 of The Real Estate Show. Wow. I'm Cherie Sully, and with me, we have him back. Back is Mac. That's right. Bill McAfee. I can't, I can't believe it. You know, we had so much fun on the two episodes that we did together. I'm surprised we're allowed to be on the air again, to be quite honest with you. I, I think we're shut down in certain <laughs> counties. Or countries. Yes, many of them. But, <laughs> you know, you're back for the abuse. I, I mean, am. I enjoy it. Your whole staff has been very comforting as they smack me around as I walked in. <laughs> you deserve nothing but the best. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so, um, Bill, I would like to go in. I have, I just pulled up and I see that you brought in stats, but I want to talk about the November numbers because okay. they just came out. So I pulled them. Perfect. So can you guess, do you have a guess at where the average sales uh, price is? 526,000. You are so close. What was it? You are so close. Five. Okay. 525, 923. <laughs> you are uh, just a little bit over. Okay. Where's the median at? <laughs> the median is at 453. Okay. So let's talk about this. From okay. the month before, it was at 532 for the average price and the gotcha. median was at 465. Okay. So we're down slightly on the average price at 1.2%, right. down slightly on the median at 2.6. Um, interesting though, we're still up 3.6% from last year at this at November right. because it was at 507 and uh then this time last year it was at 450 for the median price so up not quite up to 1% uh change there so gotcha. things are stabilizing a little bit i think it's also interesting to talk about January and kind of compare that. Where did we start at the beginning of 20? Absolutely. Yeah, 2021. Well, and I look at January, February, and March, honestly, as a different year. Um, and here's why I'm saying that. It was so interesting how we were still increasing in price in January, February, and March. Right. And then all of a sudden, everything hit. And it was like, man, the, the, you know, the market dropped. Well, Comparing 20 to 21, we were at like 18.6%. That's how, that's how much we were appreciating from 20, yeah, from 20, yeah, 20 to 21. Yes. And interesting right now, we're about 10% ahead of where we were. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, if I compare a month like January through November of this year to January through November of last year. Right. And I, I think there's a chance, and I've been having some arguments with people, we could end up possibly under 10% by the end of the year. Okay. Um, and compare that to 18.6 from the year before when we compare year over year. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, um, we're starting to see a little bit of stabilizing factors. Uh, we talked about it right before we came on. We are. From the pinnacle interest rates, we're at seven and a half, and what you said there were some around six ish. Somebody uh, just, I think they just locked in their financing at about 5.99 or so. So that's a drop in the last several weeks of about a point and a half. Yeah. So, and we are seeing the 10 year treasury go down, which is typically what the 30 years tied. Yep. So we are seeing it's actually some kind of some positive things that are starting to happen. And explain, Bill, why the interest rates are going down. What actually triggers an gotcha. interest rate falling? Well, it's really interesting right now because what, what was happening is there's two components to it. One is the short-term interest rates. Okay. And the short-term interest rates is what the Federal Reserve is using to try to calm inflation. Right. So, you know, when you hear on the news, the feds are talking about raising the discount rate another half a percent or 1%. What that is, that affects like uh, your your the short-term mortgage rates, like your home equity lines 
uh, business borrowing. Okay. And so what they're trying to do is slow that down, which will slow the economy down, which will keep people from buying, um, which will slow the inflation down. That's their thought. I don't know if it's right, but that's their thought. Now, that one is the short-term rates, and we're still seeing that go up. And we could likely see that go up another half a percent next week. That's, mm. uh, I think, when they roll that out. The 30-year rates are tied to the 10-year note. And what's going on with the 10-year note right now, the 10-year note is typically bought by larger investors, and it's for safety. Right. And 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 so, you know, it's basically a 10-year deal where they promise to pay you a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. For a while, uh, everything was so good across the world and our, our, our currency and everything, everything was so good that we didn't have to offer much rate on that 10-year note because companies, or especially countries across the world, we're not doing very well, so they they didn't care if they didn't get a lot, right? Um, as long as they're you know the, the United States, we may be crap, but we're probably still the best crap in the world. <laughs> um, and so just and so, tell it like it is, they, okay? So they were you know they were willing to to take less. Well, what's okay. going on right now? Uh, our our dollar is growing really strong. Our economy, even though we're with high inflation, is still uh, doing well. The the our government right now is actually for a bit there. Um, they were wanting an infusion of cash, and the way you do that is you simply raise the rates on the on that ten year treasury, mm-hmm. and we got some more demand for that because again, as con- as economies across the world start to falter a little bit, they're willing to pay more right. for that ten year treasury for because the safety of it. Plus, they don't know what's going on in their countries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of economies around the world that are facing some challenges right now. So they're really two different ones. The ten year treasury is tied to the thirty year mortgages. Okay. And the discount rates tried to the short-term stuff. Right. Um, we're seeing an easing right now in the 30-year. Okay. Um, and so, again, we're down about a point and a half from where we were several weeks ago. You're, I think you're still going to see increase in the short-term rates for a while, which will affect like people's home equity loans. are more, They're less likely to go borrow money. Right. Businesses are less likely to go borrow money, slowing down the economy. Yeah, if you slow down the economy. But then if inflation goes down, mm-hmm. okay, interest rates are naturally going to go down, correct? Typically, they do. Well, what, it, it's kind of a, a weird relationship because right now interest rates are going up to push inflation down. Uh-huh. So as inflation, keep in mind, we're still at 8% or just under 8, okay. which is high. Yeah. Um, and so as that goes down, once that comes down and it gets in that 3% range again, then you'll probably see interest rates start to soften back down. That's so good. the increase in interest rates is try to drive the uh, inflation down. Okay. And once it comes down, then, then you'll the see. interest rates mm-hmm. follow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like kind, a vicious cycle, isn't and, it? And I heard an economist say one time, inflation takes care of itself. Yeah. And it does because things get so expensive that you you just stop buying. That's amazing. So it does take care of itself. Did you learn all of this on a farm? <laughs> I mean, how did you even figure I'm it a, all you out? Know what's le- I, uh, I'm a, I, my, my degree in college was economics. I mean, that's always interested me. But you're right. Growing on a farm, I did learn a lot. I learned a lot of common sense or horse sense on a farm. <laughs> well, you do speak a lot of horse sometimes, but we love you anyway. And yes, so, and let's talk a little bit about inventory because okay. I thought that this is an interesting part of the stat too. Absolutely. So we're up 184% yep. from November of 2021. Okay. Now, is this inventory levels or number of listings? That's just the actual um, number of listings. Perfect. Yeah. And then the month supply of inventory is creeping up slightly. Gotcha. Um, so we're at 2.6 months. Yep. And the month prior, so that was October, right. it was at 2.4. Um, sales are down. So they're down 14.9% right. November versus um, October. Gotcha. So 1,100 to 936. So we were at 936 sales for um, November and down 30.2% from November 
2021. Gotcha. So down 30%. Absolutely. The rates absolutely had an effect. Mm-hmm. You know, when when uh, I, I said about 11 or 12 months ago, a lot of local people were already priced out of the market. Right. And the, the household income here in El Paso is still around 72000 mm-hmm. And when those rates were around three and four, you had to have a $72,000 income to be able to buy that $500,000 house. Mm-hmm. Well, then as rates started to creep up on us, all of a sudden, at the at the top at the pinnacle of it, we went from in December you could afford a five hundred thousand dollar house to a month ago you could afford a three hundred twenty thousand dollar house keeping the payments the same. What a shock to the system! Yeah, and almost a thousand dollars a month in the payment. Yeah, and home prices have not dropped to that level. So, no, I mean, <laughs> at the very pinnacle of our market, you know, the home prices were at the at the highest. It was April's right. sales, and yep. it was at five sixty one for the average. Average yep. home price and the median was at 484. Yep. So if we've dropped now to 525 and 453 respectively, that's that's only you know in the 30,000 range. That doesn't change. Oh, no, no. <laughs> compared to where we were last time, we had interest rates where we're at now. Home prices were about 200,000. Wow, that was back in 08, 07. Yep. So yep. that was you know so that's just to show you like how it is and and prices I believe will probably continue to soften. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think uh, year over year we may end up under 10%. Who should prepare a deed of trust? Okay. On single family residential. Okay. Uh-huh. And how much time do I got? Well, we have a few minutes, okay. but you on, know, burn through it. This is our last podcast on single of the year. single family residential. Okay. When Dodd-Frank was passed after the Great Recession, and then we had TRID, uh-huh. uh, which is TILA Interest Disclosures. Right. When, the, when that regulation came in, it was never really defined as a seller carryback on single family residential, a subprime loan. Mm-hmm. It was never really our qualified mortgage is what they were calling it. And it's never been clarified. So if it is characterized as that, here's the danger. If you don't do that deed of trust and note correctly, and I mean like verify employment, run credit checks, place the insurance. If you don't do all that exactly like a loan should be done, mm-hmm. if the buyer does not make the payments, you may not be able to foreclose on them. Oh, wow. And so as a, even as a title company, mm-hmm. because of that, uh-huh. we don't be want to be responsible for not doing it all correctly. The buyer doesn't make the payments on that seller carryback, and then the buyer finds a good attorney, and that attorney says, wait, that falls under the qualified mortgage rule. You can't foreclose. Oh, wow. So that's why it's dangerous. So if I was a real estate agent, mm-hmm. no way. Even mm-hmm. the title companies don't do it. I'll do it on vacant land and I'll do it on commercial, but I will not prepare those documents on single family residential because of Dodd-Frank and TRID, because we don't have clarification right. whether or not those fall under the qualified mortgage rule, period. So stay in your lane, right? You know, it's absolutely. You know, if you're the buyer, if I'm the buyer in those cases, they can do it in crayon and let their kids do it because if they do it wrong and I don't make my payments, right. I'll go hire that lawyer to yeah. come and say, I don't have to make my payments. Oh my gosh. But if you're representing the seller, you want to make dang sure it's done right. No, I agree with that. Yep. So, and, and agents that do it are going to get in trouble. They yeah. should not do that at all. I agree. So uh, I myself can take profitability down 30 or 40%. <laughs> so yeah, no, it was wild. And so I think we're going to see people come back into the workforce. Um, but what, what our norm is, is what's interesting to me, you know, with COVID, it threw a lot of curveballs at us. And like, I used to think normal in our market on, on inventory levels, which is a, a formula between how fast homes sell uh-huh. and, and, and how long they're on the market and how long it would take us to sell everything. And typically that was about five to six months hmm. before we hit and went through COVID. 
I, I think that number is a little bit lower now. I think that number might be four months, maybe four okay. and a half months. Yeah. And so what that means is, is um, you know, within if you look at all of our inventory levels and every price range, we're still well below what our historic norms have been. Right. And and so people don't believe me. It's still a seller's market. It's so, just not what it was. It's just so bizarre when we talk about stats and and that the inventory is up 184%. Absolutely. From, but, but that doesn't really mean what it means. No. We had 500 listings, you know, at some points through last year. Yeah. We, we hadn't seen that in, in, in 20 years. Right. You know? And so, you know, we came out of a place that was unreal. Yeah. You know, we it was just crazy. We've never seen that. You know, this is something I wrote down. Um, is that there is a price to pay for sustainability. And what we had was not sustainability. It wasn't sustainable. And so even though things are jolted and they're kind of, everything is a paradox right now because it's, is it a hard market? Well, to some people, yes, it's really, really hard. At the same time, is it a, is it a market where people can still buy? Yes, it is. Absolutely. So there's so many things hitting people at the same time. Yeah. But one thing about it, we cannot continue the ride that we were on. It's you, it was impossible. You can't appreciate over the, from 19 to 20 from 20 to 21 was 15.7% yeah. over those two years. Wow. 3 is average. Um and so you can't you that was unsustainable. Can't. I mean, right. it was fine. I teach people if you didn't make money during those two years, you're kind of a dummy. Can I say that <laughs> on the podcast? I take that back. You're allowed to. I am a dummy. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was wild. It was the Wild West. And yeah. we're we're coming back to something that's more normal. Um, and, and like I said, for buyers, there's going to be some opportunities. And one thing I would say to buyers is, you know, I, I get that question a lot. Well, should I buy an hour if we wait till prices come down? Well, for one thing, we don't know what interest rates are going to do. Yes. There's a lot of people are talking that they may ease back down to maybe five. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. But if you have a steady job and you like the house and you can afford it under the current interest rates... I've always said when you're buying a home, then if you can afford it and you're stable, do it. Because timing the market is very tough. That's right. Uh, I invest. That's what I do. Um, and, and, and if you're trying to time it, it just never works. So hold those thoughts because we're going to have to get these thoughts into our next podcast okay. episode. All right. Because this conversation, we can't stop it at just one podcast. <laughs> All right. Do you know that? I'll be back next week. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll see you.